Welcome to the Freudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud, including the impact identity issues have on people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC. On a typical episode, we focus on something that has happened or is happening that impacts consumers and businesses. Not today. We're going to talk about what's about to happen, specifically when we all begin to file our federal income taxes. It's been nearly a year since the COVID-19 pandemic disrupted virtually every aspect of our lives, and one of the first changes in 2020 was the delay in the traditional income tax filing date. Soon thereafter, though, millions of -of out-of-work Americans began to receive enhanced unemployment benefits and special small business loans. And soon after that, the cybercriminals arrived, and they began to steal those benefits. The Department of Labor estimates that unemployment fraud could total as much as $26 billion in 2020. California alone has seen nearly $2 billion in unemployment insurance fraud. Fast forward to today. And the spike in benefits frauds is subsiding, but a second round of victims may soon emerge. You see, benefits like unemployment payments are considered income, and they are taxable. Thousands of the unemployment payments made in 2020 were made in the names of people whose identities were misused, and they don't even know it. They soon will because the IRS and states will begin sending forms alerting them that they must claim income that they never received from benefits they never sought. And that's on top of the usual identity-related income tax fraud the IRS sees each year. Joining us today to talk about all of this is the ITRC's CEO, Eva Velasquez, and Jim Robnett, the Deputy Chief of the IRS Criminal Investigation Division. So thanks to both of you for being here today. Hey, it's great to be here. Yep, happy to have this conversation, James. Well, Eva, it's tax season, and that's always a busy time for the ITRC. Uh, Why is that? And what do we see? Well, there's good news and bad news here. So typically, we will start receiving calls into the, the call center with folks that have difficulty filing their taxes because they are discovering that someone has beat them to it and someone else has used their identity credentials to file a fraudulent tax return. And that's the bad news. Uh, That is going to continue to happen year after year because we can never reduce those fraud rates to zero. However, the good news is that despite the fact that a number of years ago, uh, the the rates were very high, it was really a new uh, crime type that was emerging, we have seen it trend downward quite significantly. uh, And that is due totally to the the IRS uh, deploying a lot of new fraud analytics and tactics in order to, you know, beat the crooks at their own game. So we I know we're going to see it this year. I'm I'm holding my breath to see how big of a spike we have because of the problem you just articulated. Those fraudulent unemployment benefits at the state level, I I do think are going to have a pretty big impact on the system. Jim, you see the, the criminal version of income tax issues. Uh, but as Eva just noted, they've been falling. What did you guys do to make that work so well? <laughs> well, um, Jim, I'd like to say uh, I, I did a lot around that. I did some. And and by the way, um, I, I want to say up, up front, I, I really do appreciate Eva and, and her efforts and the efforts of the IR, 
ITRC. But let me give you a little context around what, what our division does, Jim, if that's okay. And then the, the listener can uh, yeah, go right ahead. know where I'm coming from. So our criminal division is a small but, but pretty powerful compliance division of the larger IRS that most people deal with, uh, you know, who get, as you submit your tax returns and get refunds. We're about 3,000 people strong. Um, 2,100 of those are special agent investigators who, who are charged with um, investigating tax crimes. We're the only ones that do that. These are uh, not mistakes. These are tax crimes that involve patterns of bad behavior, theft of federal funds, tax-related ID theft, which uh, Eve and I met on uh, about seven or eight years ago when, when we had that flare-up. And uh, we're pretty good at our job. Our agents are, there's, we have a mere 91% uh, conviction rate. Not bad, um, but very uh, great skilled workforce along with our professional staff and our investigative staff. Just want to mention that so folks listening know, you know context around what we're talking about and and on top of that, our commissioner, our new commissioner of, a, of the last few years, Charles Reddick, uh, is really um, both service and compliance oriented. Um, he's really brought about um, some great enhancements in our ability to do our jobs uh, with our civil counterparts that that will detect some of the things we're going to talk about. So um, immediate uh, issue here, right, is is more ID theft related now to perhaps uh, unemployment tax fraud. And we've seen that. And what we've done since uh, the last ID theft wave was deploy a lot of experience-based filters. We learned things that were happening in the field through our investigations, through audits, through phone calls, through folks like Eva and her organization and how this was happening. We, we translated that conversation into analytics and screened out as many suspect tax returns as possible where those tax returns were using stolen IDs from various walks of life. Back in the day, back in the early uh, 2000s, it was ID theft sort of off the street um, in the hand, and now it's it's uh, on the World Wide Web um, through various dark markets and so on. So what we've done in addition to deploying filters based on our experience to, to make sure these tax refunds aren't issued and, and taxpayer accounts aren't uh, compromised. We also, at a large IRS level, um, started the uh, Security Summit, where we partner with our state agencies more, our industry practices, our, uh, all the way down to banks, tax professional organizations, fin uh, other financial institutions, a real-life example of uh, public-private partnerships at work, which is going to answer your first question that you asked just a moment ago. That's how we've minimized the amount of tax-related ID theft that we experienced in the early, say, 2011, 2012 range. Well, that's a, that's a great setup. Um, and, and congratulations, frankly, because that's what you just described is easy to talk about, but I'm sure you, you certainly know it because you lived it. That's very difficult to do trying to trying to wrangle all of those parties together and also trying to squeeze out all that knowledge to turn that into something tangible. And now you see the results of that in the, in the drop in tax related ID theft. Um, but you know, this year, 20, this past year, 2020 has been remarkably different. I think most people will see from an IRS perspective is what changed for them was, well, the, the filing deadline changed, but, what did you guys see as you began to watch 
um, these various forms of fraud occur across the country and, and any of the other issues related to the pandemic? What, what it was that you guys saw? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll show you what we saw in a couple cases that, that are going to go right to the point. But I'll tell you, it was difficult because like everyone else around March of last year, you know, we began to not close our doors, but really have to adjust our operations of a large organization, 80,000 plus people that, that do every aspect that it takes, every task that it that's necessary to, to bring in a tax return and to issue the refund and everything in between. And, and you'd be shocked at, at what, how no one's tax return looks like, like, like the next, no one. Um, not just by name, but by character. And so we worked really hard to make our employees safe, have them work in a safe environment. Same challenges as, as any business. And as Eva has mentioned, as I've read uh, her her comments online, where you, we, we've moved away from the offices as best we can. So that said, once we got our employees in a safe environment, we really began gearing up knowing that these great benefit um, programs that are needed by folks, our citizens, our taxpayers that are impacted by, by COVID virtually for every walk of life. We've all experienced it. Making sure that those programs, one, uh, the benefit checks got out when um, we were responsible for doing that, even in the midst of transition, um, a lot of different uh, mechanisms that had those go out to folks that needed them. And then there's other programs, right? There's the Paycheck Protection Program and, and others that are offered by Treasury that we knew by virtue of them being a quick benefit program offered as quickly as a, as a government could that there'd be fraud. And, and sure enough, there was. And so we saw that fraud began to come out in, in every form of fashion. Let's build on that uh, for a second, um, because I know, you know, even I've had this conversation that we always see whenever there's an injection of money into the economy, the bad guys are there waiting for it. So this time though, just the sheer volume, we're talking about trillions of dollars pumped into the economy at one time. And, you know, this was, I think we described it at one point as this was the Super Bowl, the world series, the, the world cup, the masters and the NBA finals all rolled into one for the bad guys. So you, you, um, you anticipated that the same way we did, there was going to be problems. Did the, did what they do actually surprise you how they did it? Did that surprise you or, or, or were, were you really, um, ready for all kinds of, uh, fraud and all the way shapes and forms that could it take? And, and that's a great question. And, you know, we didn't anticipate everything. We just anticipated, uh, what we expect to be a lot of activity, a lot of, uh, uh, forms that that have to be filed and authenticated and signed and attested to we we anticipated all those being prepared and submitted by by criminals and and you know i i think it's just interesting to note and i know uh eva knows this as well but maybe others that that are surprised you know as as hard as we're working on policing this both irs criminal division irs uh enterprise irs our counterparts at state and local government um, and other federal agencies, as much as we work to to make sure these programs are, are delivered to those that that need it, the bad guys they are working twenty four seven. They their job is to 
victimize and profit um, from anyone. They, they, there's not any, there's not a real conscience in that. And I can say that because, you know, this is the environment we deal in. And I think it's important that listeners understand that these aren't folks that have a job and then just happen to come home a couple hours a night and, and try to perpetrate fraud. They, while we're talking, while we're recording this, and then when it's broadcast, they, they are actively, you know, submitting false forms, trying to pierce, you know, whatever guardrails we put up. And um, so that, that being said, we expect that. And, and we're going to expect it for the next several, several years. And so anytime this benefit program goes out there, or these, these multiple layered benefit programs go out there, we know, and we did anticipate the, the uh, filing, submission, and, and uh, processing, in fact, of the, these forms, because we had to get these programs out there to, to serve um, our taxpaying citizens to make sure that people could put you know, um, food on the table, they could keep their businesses going, they could sustain you know, their employees that they've had for years and years, uh, the loyal employees. And in that, we, we expected it. So we um, worked together with our other federal agencies, the uh, SBA, who, who provides loans, and other uh, inspector general offices who, who help police those programs internally and externally. And with the Justice Department and our partners and, and IRS strength and, and analytics, we took a lot of data in, ingested it to our systems, and did our best and continue to do our best to compare those analytics to all the filings to make sure that like the simple ID thefts related tax returns have passed, these are a little more complicated, but we apply algorithms to them, experience-based programs to them and make sure that we can identify suspected false filings. And, and we have, we, we, we identified those. We identified the people filing them. We find those individuals and those around them that are witnesses to bad things. And we put our cases together and those folks are arrested and following an indictment. And then they get uh, judicially prosecuted. Um, so we've had a lot of success in that. I do want to just make a, a quick comment for um, the listeners, because one of the things that I hear back from folks is, you know, if you knew the fraud was coming, how come you didn't do anything about it? Which is just on the face of it is is an inaccurate uh, perception. And in you know, in the case of the IRS with with processing the the stimulus checks, and then with the state departments with the unemployment um, benefits, they're they're walking a tightrope here because while they need to uh, be on guard and be detecting the fraud, one of the big motivators with these programs was getting it set up quickly and getting these necessary benefits in the hands of the folks that needed them the most. That's a really hard tightrope to walk. I mean, you go, you know, on either side, you're, you're either not catching the fraud or you are uh, not getting the, the, the benefits in the hands of the people as quickly as possible. And so I, I just want to make the comment that walking that tightrope is a huge challenge for, for all of these organizations, including the IRS, because it, it's just a really tough balance. It, it absolutely is. And, and in some respects, it was that, um, that mandate and that very valid and, and, and valuable mandate to get 
these benefits into people's hands as quickly as possible that also gave the the bad guys the opportunity the opportunities yeah. exactly yeah and and that's that's what we certainly saw at at the ITRC where people were calling and saying uh, I I'm either getting benefits that I didn't ask for or <laughs> They're not getting the benefits they did they did apply for and deserved. You know, even talk about sort of the, the the volume of of that and how that compares historically for for the ITRC. Well, we saw a significant increase in the the reach-ins to our contact center, both for, uh, in regards to the stimulus checks. Obviously, we had a baseline of zero because that was a new program. And so a lot of folks were contacting us about with questions about, uh, I think I, I'm supposed to be eligible and I didn't get it. And the problems really ran the gamut from very sophisticated uh, challenges that where, where thieves were, you know, going into online systems, uh, using their, you know, already compromised credentials, changing addresses to just really, you know, boots on the ground kind of fraud where they were uh, stealing the mail. They were stealing the checks, you know, right out of their mailboxes. And so, of course, we saw a huge increase because, again, brand new program that's being set up. Uh, and then in relation to unemployment identity theft, now, historically, that's that's been around for a long time. It wasn't terribly lucrative, and so we didn't see that many cases. Uh, last year, to give you a baseline, in, in 2019, uh, we, we had 19 cases uh, with people calling into the, the contact center to get help. We saw a 5,000, more than 5,000% increase in the number of cases that were uh, reported to us. I think my last check we were at somewhere between eight and 900 cases. It is probably more than that by now. I think before the end of the year, because it is still ongoing and people are still discovering this, uh, it'll be over a thousand. So we're looking at historically maybe 19 or 20 cases every year. And now we're going to have over a thousand. So it has absolutely exploded. And, and Eva, you know, uh, it's a good point that you're bringing that up, how you saw the increase and I think it's important to point out here that you're looking at issues at the state level. Um, Correct. That's why, that's why it's important that you and I talk and, and we have our security summit partners uh, at the state level, because at, at an IRS, at a federal level, you know, we see and hear from virtually every taxpayer uh, once a year, right? When they file their tax return and, and in the midst of that, meanwhile, today and yesterday and tomorrow, you know, these benefits are going out in their name, whether it's going to them or, or a crook. Um, we don't know until we know. And that's usually sometime after January. And but you're getting the calls now, which is, you know, uh, telling us, you know, it's, it's a, definitely tells us what's going to happen. And and we've we've gotten other calls as well. And let me add one other thing, too. And it, it this goes to what you said earlier about the balance, right, between providing the service and the funds to, to, to citizens that need it versus the compliance and how do you, how do you guard against it? But, but you know, I, I think it was appropriate. The government didn't want to be paralyzed by, by waiting so long to put, you know, med compliance measures in place before they had to be issued. And on top of that, uh, you know, we had to pivot and get all that issued out in the midst of sending people home. 
<laughs> and from our processing centers and, you know, and, and many of them stayed and it did, did the work of, of uh, just real heroes, just staying there and, and making sure that those, those checks were processed and, and so on. So I can't say enough about my, uh, my partners on the civil side of IRS that, that got that workload out, but, uh, and, and, and not the last thing, but at least the third thing, I think it's important though too, that, you know, stolen IDs, theft, which, which your shop sees and deals with all the time. And we do as well, you know, stolen identities, that's just a seed for so many bad things that happen later. So many benefit programs at the state, local level and federal level that are, are victimized. And, and we know that we, we just know that's going to happen. And you're hearing it now at, at 800 plus cases and you know, it's going to go up to a thousand. So just, just wanted to make that comment that that state and local level awareness is so important to us because we can gear up and get ready. And, and we are. There are people who do not know that they have been victimized. The first time they find out is when they're going to get a 1099 from the IRS that says you have unreported income and you owe taxes. Um, from your perspective on the, on the criminal side, separate from the, from the civil side, but on the criminal side, what do you do with that information? Is that an indicator that there's a crime occurred and that you, you have to investigate what, what happens and what should that person who gets that 1099, what should they do? Yeah. Let me go to that one first and then I'll just reference to a case, right? I'll, I'll try to hit both sides of it. If so if someone, if, so the kind of 1099 that the brand, uh, because a 10 form 1099 is, is a, is like a W2, but if you're a contractor or you work maybe part time for someone, you're not you're not an employee. You're you're an independent contractor. You get paid, or your your income from them, the money they pay you, is shown on a form 1099. And there's depending on the character of of that income, it's a 1099 with a letter that follows it. And in this case, a uh, the form 1099G G as in Gordon uh, reflects the payment to you of unemployment compensation. So the state, state of California will send IRS several million 1099 G's, right? For all the unemployment benefits that are being paid there. So if, if you get, if, if, if one of these listeners, they get a, a 1099 G and, and they don't know what it's about. And obviously they look at unemployment compensation. They know they haven't gotten it, you know, straight away, you know, they got to act on that. And, you know, a couple steps they can take, they can, they can, they could call the, um, the, the issuer, in this case, it would be um, state of California and let them know that uh, early as possible, right? Early in January as possible that they didn't get the money. Um, they may, may, perhaps there's mailings there. I'm not sure either, you probably know, or if there's other letters that are sent to California residents who get these benefits prior to getting a 1099G that would help flag and, and derail that, that 1099G from us before the end of the year. But if not, for sure, in tax season in January, if they get a 1099G, they got to contact the issuer, perhaps send a letter saying it was issued erroneously, and then um, work that out to get a corrected 1099. If it's already been sent to the government, it's already been sent to IRS, you get a corrected one, and then that's reflected you know, in your tax account so that IRS doesn't think you received that money. And, and, and understand this, there'll be a lot of victims that get these. But there'll be exponentially more people that get them that that where the 1099Gs are, are appropriate, you know, right? They're authentic, they're legitimate because unemployment, I'm assuming the unemployment benefits related to this program are paid out 
in the vast majority of the people who need it. But then there's that segment that's fraud. So IRS looks at these and makes the assumption, unless we're told that that, that 1099G really does reflect the money that 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 taxpayer received as a result of, in this case, perhaps a pandemic. You know, Jim, we are certain that we're going to get these calls and we are going to be advising people to start at the state level, to your point, start with the issuer and then notify the IRS. And we will have information on our website and it will be available if they need one-on-one assistance um, so that we will have the process outlined step-by-step. As you know, we're working with you We are going to attempt to work with as many states as we can to make that information readily available so that at the moment that these folks get that notification that they know is not accurate, that they will have a they will know where to go and they'll have the process outlined for them. Uh, This is how you are going to resolve this fraud issue. And I mean, the reality is it's going to be complicated and it's going to take time. And when we have all these different, you know, systems interacting with each other. So we're here to help. I know the IRS is getting ready and they're, you know, going to have, uh, things available to the public. I'm sure the states will, but we will be taking that information and trying to put it all in one place. So that will be available on the ITRC website. And in California, and even perhaps you know about this, it's a recent case where someone who was actually perpetrating this crime, uh, stealing identities and submitting uh, to California's uh, uh, Employment uh, Development Department, the, your EDD there, this person, uh, uh, Fontrell Baines, uh, a rapper there, bragged about his accomplishments, his thefts, and uh, he was recently arrested after an investigation by, by our division and, and others out there into this uh, unemployment tax-related identity theft, something new this year that, that I know we'll see. So I, I don't know if you've heard about that, but but that I, we're, look, I we're did. looking, and I'm sure your folks there have helped out with, uh, with a variety of these late, so I appreciate that. We, we heard about that one. They just broke uh, one, the, the Beverly Hills fraud ring. And I will say that this is the, the one silver lining uh, when it comes to social media is that it just appears that these fraudsters cannot stop themselves from publicly bragging. And I love the fact that uh, those things are being um, uh, looked at and reviewed and reported to law enforcement, and they're getting caught by their own hubris because they just can't keep quiet. They got to talk about how much money they've stolen. They do, and and I'll tell you, these uh, federal sentences, um, these are very rarely negotiable. There's there's guidelines that the judges follow. We saw a lot of success uh, years ago, Eva, with with folks that that perpetrated the same types of crimes, didn't think it was an issue, bragged about it, and they're still in jail while we're talking right now. They, it's, you know, five years later, they are still in federal prison and some for a really long time. I think we used to refer to that uh, on a particular uh, late night talk show. They used to do something called stupid human tricks. This is stupid <laughs> criminal tricks. So, <laughs> they're not perfect. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, if they were, if they were a rocket scientist, they'd be doing something else. Um, last thing I do want to, I do want to mention quickly here at the end. And that is um, 
one of the things that the IRS recently announced was the expansion of the identity protection pin, which has been instrumental in reducing some of the, the, the fraud we've seen over the years. Um, Jim, can you explain a little bit about that and, and, and yeah. you know, what people yeah. need to do? Yeah, I'd, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'll tell you that uh, um, there's other people that are better versed than I am in these, but, but in general, um, so folks know that, that, that identity protection pin, it's a six digit number that's, that's assigned to, to taxpayers to help prevent, you know, their social security number from being filed, uh, used in a filing, uh, fraudulent filing. Um, there's, uh, this number helps the IRS uh, verify the identity and accept the tax return. So folks can get online, go to, to irs.gov, um, search that, um, ID, Identity Protection PIN, there are simple instructions there on how to, to go in and authenticate your identity in advance, right? So that when you get that identifying number, in addition to your social, you can place that on your tax return to ensure that, that IRS knows that's really you and not a, not a criminal. And that's one of the, the stop gaps we put in place years ago uh, in, in advance of a lot of the filters. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. There are a lot of great resources at uh, irs.gov. Um, and, and it's not very difficult to find those through the search feature. The ability for anyone to get the IP pin from the IRS is, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, for years, it was a great tool to help prevent repeat victimization because it's been available for a long time for victims of tax identity theft. But now that it's available for people to, you know, actively before something has happened to use this as a preventative measure, we are really going to encourage folks to take advantage of this great tool. And with the caveat that, yes, you must remember this number. It is one more thing to keep yes. track of. I understand that's a challenge. Just like freezing your credit, you have to keep track of that pen. But it is worth it in the long run. It is worth that extra effort to have this great tool because there are so many compromised credentials. And it really is just a matter of time in some ways when the thieves will try to to uh, use those credentials, actively use them to perpetrate fraud. So this is a great tool. We are shouting from the, the rooftop that it's available. I think it's amazing progress uh, from the IRS to have expanded it and, and be opening it up, not just to previous fraud victims, but as, as a prevention tool as well. Well, and I th that's where we'll leave it. And in just a second, I'm going to repeat that, that email, um, uh, web address. But um, Eva, Jim, thank you for joining us today and giving such great information that I know will be helpful to people. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me, Jim and, and Eva, and, and look forward to to hearing this, and then uh, perhaps to being on another episode to talk about something that uh, something else. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll circle back. It's been it's been great. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Thank you, and thank you for listening. You can learn more about how to take advantage of the IRS identity protection programs or to report identity related issues to the IRS at irs.gov and click on the identity theft protection link at the bottom of the homepage. You can learn how to protect yourself from identity fraud, crimes, and compromises, including the tax-related issues we discussed today, by visiting our website at idtheftcenter.org. 
where you can also read more about the latest data breach trends. If you think you are the victim of an identity crime or your identity has been compromised, you can call us, chat live online, send an email, or leave a voicemail for an expert advisor to get advice on how to respond. Just visit our website to get started. Be sure to join us next week for our weekly breach breakdown podcast and next month for the next episode of the Freudian Slip.